0: This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our Bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Lady Amanda of House Richardson, Lord Adam the Young Bull of House Parker, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys, and Lady of Jameson, Lord Brett of House Fry, Sir David of House Fraser, Lord Nelson of the Long Isle, Sir Joshua of House Ross, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry.
1: song of ice and fire podcast i am sir matt the bud knight fist of the dragon maker of gains co-lord of the white claw
0: and i am sir ezra the watchful stealer of hearts bandit of time hero of shreve and co-lord of the white claw (laughs) Uh, welcome to our song of ice and fire book club today we are into catlin 2 of a clash of kings and in our Maestry study we will be discussing the isle of tarth with lady raj
2: yeah,
1: absolutely. You know, first and foremost, let me just say, it feels good to have added a uh, title there, you know, <laughs> Co-Lords of the White Claw had some fun. I think last episode we were we were joking that we were drinking some White Claw and then, uh, you know, Wanderer, no name there in our... Uh-huh. Uh, Facebook uh, group called us out. Uh, he had a really funny uh, <laughs> post where he was just like, "I'm gonna have to march north, you know, and like and save them." Save oh, it was us. great. It was great. It was great. Oh, really, dude. Really, we really need friends fun. like that. We really do. It's it's true. We also need. I think we all need hilarious content like that in the. Uh, in these times we're living in so shout out to him for uh doing that and as today's kind of a fun episode man but there's it just a, seems like there's a lot going on in our Facebook group and yeah. and stuff like that lady we got lady raj uh you know yep. who is your now you have uh you know on Patreon we have um spots for squires where you can come on the show and get to do a master study as has his i am still looking for one um so you know we'll see what happens there, but yeah. so we have have that little uh, segment we'll be adding into the show today.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's it, it, interesting, and you know as we uh, <laughs> it always starts off. You know again, look at look at Pod. You know look at Podrick Payne. I mean it's like he didn't start off. It, it takes time, right? And it's it's supposed to be kind of comical. So we're gonna have, we're gonna have some fun with that later on. It's just it's fantastic. But uh, yeah, we're adding in uh, different things to the show. We've added the YouTube. We've added that. Um, we also wanted to kind of here at the beginning of the show. Uh, talk about one of our good friends, you know,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. Sir James of House Nutter, who I've met uh, in person, really cool dude. Um, he is, you know, we have uh, kind of sponsorship opportunities here on the uh, on the podcast and he uh, kind of hit us up. And, you know, so we, we're we doing something we're doing, working with him on something. And he um, uh, he has his own kind of network as right where he's mm-hmm. doing yeah. he's doing some fantasy book reviews and stuff like that
0: oh it's awesome you guys got to go check it out so it's the fantasy network and uh that's that's going to be you know two t so n-u-t-t uh work uh i'll put a link down in our description just so you guys can go check it out maybe we'll, we'll throw something in the group or on the main page so you guys can go check this out but he is remember he's he helped us build our website and we've actually been getting ravens through that website so that's Amazing, uh, you know, which which is awesome. So, but yeah, he's done some book reviews, uh, Mistborn trilogy series reviewed that, um, thoughts on Brandon Sanderson, things like that. So it's really cool, really well done. And I am hoping, you know, folks, go support uh, him on YouTube and check out his content. Let him know what you think. And then uh, here's the thing, guys, I let him know we probably should do a collaboration. You know, we should probably get together and 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 chat about uh, a really good book series. I don't know, maybe you know, song of ice and fire or something. I don't know. Yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah,
1: so absolutely. Yeah. So certainly shout out to him. All right. One other thing we want to say here oh, before, wow. as, just as we're, di- as we're diving in here. So we told you guys last time to send us, um, Characters that you guys want us to do character studies for, you know, like of our who would be like good for our YouTube video. I think we got one that we're going to talk about in Raven's Nest later as. Uh, and I yep. want to give kind of a shout out here to um, William in the Facebook group. He said, could you guys do a master study on Melee's the monstrous? You know, why the hell does this guy have two heads? Great yeah. question. And so we are going to do that. We're going to make so we, as and I have three YouTube videos that we're working on currently Um one is about Melee's the monstrous. We're doing one on Val and we're doing one on somebody else.
0: hmm Yep. Yep. It's gonna be so, great. We've 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 been taking your guys' recommendations and as they come in, uh we're we're kind of just going and doing those character chats, uh, some winds of winter, you know, theories and even looking back into the histories and kind of looking at these these oddball characters and, and more uh, trying to understand why they were given the titles that they were given or just what their significance was in the Westerosi, you know, history. So that's that's been fun. I mean, it, it to, to us, really, the YouTube has turned into that follow-up Friday thing where um, I can't thank you guys enough for actually answering the call there and, and, you know, really sending us in stuff and letting us know what you want us to cover on YouTube and even in our, our Ravens at the end of the show because that that's really cool. It, it, feel free to challenge us and take us to different places um, in A Song of Ice and Fire because we enjoy that and we more so have been really wanting to dive down rabbit holes and, and get back into theorizing and stuff uh and, and kind of go from there now uh sir matt one more thing
1: we wow. got one more thing announcements like crazy right
0: now announcements like crazy so um i got a raven in my personal inbox um the the user it just it was um it was grrm uh, okay yeah no at, it's no no you did <laughs> it was like it it this is all it said all it said is is i'm still writing that's all yeah. it said. And I said, okay. I'm <laughs> oh, just kidding, guys. No, uh, we, we always go to dig up news and, and we're trying. To, I said to Sir Matt the other day, I said, what if we just got an update? You know, should we, I mean, I don't even want to bother the man, let him write. I'm just excited. You were looking at the convention that's coming up in this this summer, and like, what will the announcement be? Yeah, will it be a chapter? What's it gonna be? Right,
1: right. So, so the other day, as and I, we're always talking about when when we're not recording, as we've said before, we're on the phone like 24 seven. So, seventy there's 76 days, you know, which is 1,837 hours as the time of this recording till that convention. So now he's supposed to kick it off. Now, I know he's not going to be there anymore because it's canceled, but it's going to still happening virtually. So he has 76 days to finish. All right?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <Is> <laughs> I, I'm it, ready is for is it. it. Is it going to happen? He could still theoretically write a chapter a day if he hasn't even started the book and he's just been lying this entire time and still make it as long as he were to write a chapter a day. So – right. Right. he could still theoretically do it.
0: Oh dude, I am I'm I'm excited. Now, I mean like we're we're kinda again, the I, I'm thinking something big's gonna happen. I don't know what it's gonna right. be, whether it's a chat I think we're you you said you're speculating at least maybe a chapter. Maybe we're gonna get oh, another I, chapter. I
1: think I think yeah, I think I think worst case scenario, he would have to give us a, a new another new, he, new chapter.
0: Right, he said no more. He said like he's done. Like you don't want to. He doesn't want to give too much away or whatever. Well, he
1: also he also says it'll but, be finished next year, and that's not right. So I mean, you know, he, he, how can you take him at, at at face value?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It, it's just interesting. Um, but we're we're excited for that. So so be look. You know, this summer, uh, keep your uh, ears and eyes open for for who knows what uh, right. from maybe from the George.
1: question. Maybe the question we should be asking isn't, is he finished? But has he started? Has oh, he... dude, don't <laughs> even...
0: he has? We got see. We got some of the chapters. I mean, has he done anything past the the chapters? Who's I? You know, I mean, he's got a well, lot on his plate. It,
1: it took it took me four years to figure out. You know what I want to. You know,
0: hold on, hold happened. on, wait. Now you said the other day that he he like he he outlined sort of his plan right, which is fi- finish Winds of Winter, yeah, then well, go oh, right.
1: Yeah, I, I got to go find that. There was an interview I found the other day where he said his plans are. Finish Winds of Winter, mm-hmm. then a new spring, then he has, um he wants to do the next Duncan Egg installment, and then so uh, and then Fire and Blood Part Two. He said Fire and Blood Part Two won't even come out until after he's finished the main series and done um another, another Duncan Egg, another another Duncan Egg. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and and, so and Matt said to me,
1: "Never coming out." <laughs> that's what you said. Yeah, you
0: said that it, it's never coming out. Oh, uh, it's just kind of funny. Um, no, right, we're we, we love George and
1: yeah, we're waiting on part six of seven. We're hoping we get it, and then yeah. maybe we'll see about seven. Yeah.
0: yeah, finish up that Dunkin' Egg series. I'm all for that. That's fine. I, I kind of got you know, I we got the World of Ice and Fire, um, book, so we're we kind of know you know structure outline to what happened with the Targaryens and in that uh, line of kings. So think we're good. But anyways, so yeah, that's that. Uh just a little bit of news, little, some shout-outs and different things um, you know, here here on Bend the Knee. It's just uh I don't right. know, man, we got kind of Yeah, I it's kind of got like a new energy. I'm just feeling I'm feeling good. It could be the keto. It could be, could be that it's kicking could be, in.
1: <laughs> could be the White Claw. So It could be know, the there's, White there's Claw. That, the
0: combination is lethal. <laughs>
1: there's a combination uh. there's a combination of the two so okay r right, s so we have a master study here right yeah. correct
0: yeah absolutely so again uh thanks to lady raj for for hopping in and just dis- and, and doing this um you know with me and just dis- discussing some of this and again we you know we start off um just conversing and and talking about um this chapter and then really we even ta- i mean uh lady raj has sort of uh well I'll let her tell it. So it's coming up here in a second, but just a different take on maybe some of these um, bastards and maybe what happened to them, where where they're coming from. And we're going to tie this into uh, the Isle of Tarth and House Tarth, um, which is really cool. I mean, we got into a conversation, like, you know, we, we kind of looked at something that I hadn't really given much thought to and hadn't really uh, done a lot of in-depth study on. So it takes, it takes me a second to get a little acclimated and kind of... Uh, see where this is going, but it's great. It's, it's a fun little conversation. And again, about once a month, we're going to try to have, um, you know, our squires on and we'll, you know, as, as if we have a squire, cool, we'll have them on and we'll have them on for, you know, a little segment here uh, in the master study about once a month. So again, Sir Matt's looking for a squire. Uh, somebody hit him up. Cause I, I want, I want these, uh, I, I love getting this different perspective, you know, just somebody else coming in and kind of sharing something. We get that in Ravens a lot, but just to, to hear somebody come in and actually share Something and hear them articulate their thought is I think fascinating. It's really cool. I'm I'm a fan of of that. So so yeah, take a listen uh, to our Maester study. Let me just read here a little bit about the Mm -hmm. about House Tarth. So, Mm -hmm. like ancestors of House House Tarth were once kings. The head of the family is known as the Even Star. So that's pretty cool. So Mm -hmm. they they have the keep which is Even Star, and then they also they were known as Even Star, Um, which which they claim dates back to the dawn of days. The island of Tarth came under the domain of Storm Kings of House Dondarrion. Um, during the fair, married the daughter of Tarth's king, Edwin Evenstar. Tarth was the first region of the Stormlands conquered during the coming of the Andals. But peace between the Andals and the First Men was eventually achieved when the Storm Kings and their Bannermen intermarried with the Andals. Uh, mm-hmm. The Tarths have been... They have Andal, as, and, Andal ancestry and ties with House Dundarian. Baratheon and Targaryen, so like they're like yeah they're ancient. I mean they're they've been around. It doesn't answer the question as to whether or not they were established on that island. You know we don't really for how know. long
2: and who was it and all that. But no, it's, yeah. so it's been there for a while and there've been people there for a while.
0: Right, yeah. right, yeah. So um,
2: so I guess what is just now hitting me is like so how many people between Brienne and uh, like how many generations between Brienne and uh, Sir Duncan two.
0: Maybe two, like not very many yeah. though. Yeah. So it
2: wouldn't necessarily be. Um, I actually just watched season eight, episode four. It's not a secret; it's information. Vari um, says that about um, John becoming king, uh, or uh, John's actual lineage. It's like, oh, it's you know, if, if eight people know, it's information. It's not a secret, um, and that's kind of the mentality for me now regarding like, oh, I wonder if because there are there are people from each generation that are still hanging out
0: who might know. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, like if we ever got sort of a conversation um, with her father or we ever travel there and we get like, that could be a reveal uh, Mm -hmm. later on. I mean, it's been teased at hinted at and you know, George has said a few things about it, but if we actually go there or she even herself starts to talk about some of the, you know, I mean, just a couple of generations back, like some of the misdoings or the misbehavings of some of her, you know, um, some of the Tarths, then there we go. We start to think, oh, okay. Yeah, and, and also, like, I don't know why it would come up, but, like, I guess if you're talking about bastards and you've got Gendry and you've got John, and you've got, um, you know, young Griff showing up or whatever, like, it could, it's gonna, I mean, all of this stuff about bastards and different names and things is definitely going to be a piece to all of this and we're going to have conversations about it among characters. But I think you're, I think this is actually, yeah, i had never really thought to explore uh the connection like is it
2: how it might which of
0: his descendants which of his sons or daughters Mm -hmm. then went to tarth and or did he himself because the other thing is too that that dunk kind of uh you know he got he you know he moved from this person to that person and he had multiple potentially potentially multiple multiple lovers so there's that i mean all we know about in the books right now um you know is is you know, just it's sort of confined, but it's hinted at, and it's largely believed that that he, you know, um, was with different people, and the reason yeah. being is because you have you have these hinted descendants in the north, and then descendants in Tarth and different places, yeah. you know. So they they seem to be all over. He was I mean, a member did of the Kingsguard,
2: all over the place.
0: Right, right. I mean, I keep wondering when when he's going to see. You know, when he's, when he's going down to Dorne um to see what's her name T- uh tanzel too tall right oh, or whatever yeah. you know like when's he gonna go find <laughs> her like that's me. like that i think would be kind of funny to see so because the the lady weber stuff like when he leaves her that's that's done it over she has another husband i mean she mm-hmm. sh- she'll go on and do her thing it, it it seems like he if there's any romance between them it will be later on i mean when
2: he comes back down from the wall
0: yeah and so then the other question, like people have often made the the connection to like the clicking of the needles, right? Between old Nan and maybe the spider, um, Lady Webber being, you know, her sigil being oh. that of a spider. Like okay. perhaps they're connected. Some people have even speculated that Lady Webber is old Nan, which I think is crazy, but whatever. I mean, old Nan is so old. no, She's the oldest person that we know of, like in the realm of course, like they, they joke like that she's that ancient. So, I don't know. I mean, it's... uh
2: I wonder if there is this, like, royal bastard protection program that's been in place um, since the Blackfires just, like, flipped the table on everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? They just kind of ruined everything. And so, at one point, some master of whispers was like, hey, how about we move them around quietly while they're little? Right. And right. you know, granted, Duncan isn't uh, royalty, but he was like this close with Ed. Oh, sure,
0: yeah. I mean, actually, the, like, yeah. There's, I mean, that would be that we kind of see, we we speculate anyways that that could be happening uh, with Robert's bastards. So yeah, that, that wouldn't, you know, people handling stuff discreetly, whether it's the maybe that's like the idea, you know, the the, the master of whispers is into that. Yeah, wow. So we, you know, yeah, that was that was fun. Uh, that just, <laughs> just yeah, talking about uh, good old Sir Dunk there. So.
2: Ooh, I actually had this uh, good thought. I told you I was thinking about, like, chivalry and its representation through the horses and, and yeah. things and the respective knights. I was thinking about Dunk. I want to, like, go through. I don't – actually, I just got my books in today. Cool. Uh, when I told you I ordered. I was very excited about that. And I didn't even think about ordering a Knight of the Seven Kingdoms because, like, there's something about being able to open up a book and, like, highlight it. But yeah. I want to see um, – If there is a correlation between uh, each of Dunk's horses and like different aspects of chivalry. Yeah. Um, And the the one that made me think about that was Thunder. Like, you know, he's just there. So the, the, the war horse, like the, the, the knight used in war, he's there, plods along next to all the other horses that he uses every day. Mm -hmm. He does his job, does his thing. But as soon as Dunk gets on him to go to war or go into tourney, he lights up. He knows his job, and he goes straight to work. So, like that—that that aspect of Dunk's chivalry, the aggressive knight used in battle—is mm-hmm. always a part of Dunk. He's—it's always there. But that is by no means the um, horse he rides into town with. Yeah.
0: You know wow. what I mean? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and I—I I never really <laughs> thought about about the, yeah the, the the horses sort of being um like like almost like we're learning more about Dunk through his horses and and. Mm-hmm we learn about his character a little bit uh, there. That's, that's cool. That's yeah. Yeah. That's one of those questions you want to ask George, like George, is is there something going what on here? Like, are mean? you, yeah. Like, like, are you, are you doing something with that? I mean, yeah, that's, that's pretty neat. So I, here's what I, here's what, here's what I think we're going to need you to do like a breakdown of literally all of the horses and how I'm they, <laughs> how, how they relate to the different characters. Seriously.
2: I know so. I have an essay in mind and like, I'm actually it's the first time I said that without like, Blushing violently, like, why are you writing an essay about the horses in Game of Thrones? Like, I oh, don't know, man. I think it's cool. Yeah, so I think it's fun. I think it's worth doing. I'm like, I'm excited. Uh, you like, just got a lot so cool of other people is.
0: excited about it too. So you better, you know, I hope it's so. you know,
2: it's I hope go so. time. <laughs> Little background: I I went to school uh, at uh, this this old 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 riding academy in France, uh, where I had the opportunity to ride in some really really old style saddles um, and ride the horses while they're doing like a couple of their um pretty big jump into the air uh war cavalry moves and it's it's really cool and and like that tied in with the history thing and now I'm neck deep in the Game of Thrones fandom. I wanna ride at rings and I wanna see you do it too.
0: Wow. That will be we'll the... get a
2: quintain.
0: This will be I mean I'll will be Tommen out there. <laughs> like it'll be I'll be Tommen. I mean it'll just be a joke. I
2: have ponies. You know I have ponies. Oh they're bad ponies, but
0: good God. <laughs> Like you know that our life is like it would be in your hands at that point. Like I mean, the podcast might not continue profe- if you don't.
2: <laughs> Excuse you, I'm a professional. You're putting this on the internet.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. I know.
2: <laughs> no, I'm I'm good at teaching. I'll teach you. I'll I'll teach you how to ride.
0: You'll keep us on. Keep us on the horse. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
2: Absolutely. No, it'll be great. Okay. Pull out Gretchen and Gretel, and we'll um ride at some rings in the woods, like a true set of hedge knights.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Uh thanks, Lady Raj. Really appreciate you coming on. And uh, right. I'll I'll let you go now and we will uh talk to you next time. This okay? was super
2: fun. Bye.
0: Yep, no problem. Yep, bye. All right. And so that was um, yeah, just a quick little conversation with Lady Raj just about uh Sir Duncan the Tall and his connection to uh Brienne of Tarth and really house Tarth a little bit and trying to figure out, you know, um some of, some of their ancestry and where they fit into this whole um this continent in this picture, or this story of a song of ice and fire. So,
1: all right. Now on to the reread. Uh, this week we are into Catlin two last week. We were in brand three where Bran was acting as Lord of Winterfell. Uh, he hosted the harvest feast and met with Mira and Jojen Reed who arrived to represent their father. That night Bran had dreams of the Reeds visiting the direwolves in the godswood. Last time we were with Catelyn, Catelyn watched as her son King Rob Stark presented his peace terms to his envoy, Sir Cleos Frey. Afterward, Catelyn argued with Rob over his refusal to exchange Jamie Lannister and his plan to send Theon Greyjoy back to the Iron Islands. Later, Catelyn discussed the war with Brendan Tully, and they plan an alliance with King Renly Baratheon. This week, Catelyn too. As envoy to King Renly Baratheon, Catelyn arrives at Bitterbridge to find a great melee in progress. Afterwards, the champion Brienne of Tarth is granted her request to become one of Renly's Rainbow Guard. That night, Catelyn attends a feast and meets privately with Renly, who insists Rob must bend the knee to him. Then a messenger arrives with news that uh, King Stannis Baratheon has besieged Storm's End. Woo! Things Mm. are about to heat up. Um, Yep, absolutely. Okay, so, um, as she slept amidst the rolling grasslands, Catelyn dreamt that Bran was whole again, and Arya and Sansa held hands, that Rickon was still a babe at her breast. Rob, crownless, played with a wooden sword, and when when all were uh, safe asleep, she found Ned in her bed, smiling. Sweet it was, sweet and gone too soon dawn came cruel a dagger of light she woke aching and alone and weary weary of riding, weary of hurting weary of duty i want to sleep she thought i want to be comforted i'm so tired of being strong i want to be foolish and frightened for once just for a small while that's all a day an hour so also let me (laughs) point out really quickly Dawn came cruel, a dagger of light. So I did a Patreon episode last week talking about the idea of Dawn, the sword of House Dane, being light bringer. I mean, I'm just saying, right there. I, so. Yeah,
0: like is it is it a bad thing? Is it a good thing? You know, like it, uh, it doesn't seem like a good thing here, but later on it is. You know, right. it's I just, mean, I'm not saying that it
1: possibly ties into that theory or anything, right there. But I'm just saying, there we have a reference <laughs> to Dawn being a actual blade. Of light, so I mean, and uh-huh. just, just saying, yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting. So, anywho, um, okay, so right, so this, this is a, I think this is a, this is a chapter I really like because one, it's really, it's really big, it's, it's, it's a pretty big chapter. Um, there's a lot of like internal struggling with Catelyn, how she has to play kind of, she always has to put on the brave face and do everything for, you know, her family. Uh, Ned's gone, right? I mean, uh, you know Ned's gone. Rob is at war. She's trying to get her children back, win a war, and you know she feels like she's the only one holding it all together. So I mean, there's a, there's a lot of like internal struggle going on with her in this chapter.
0: Yeah, and actually she she reflects a little bit in this chapter about um, this. The, the, she didn't want to come do this really, but it's also she needed to, and, and her son needed her to do this. And she's about the only person who really can who could thread this needle and who can come down here and converse and not, you know, tick off friendly and not upset these people. But at the same time, not give in to them and also um, help them to see that, you know, Rob is a king and we're not going to um, diminish that in any way. And that's not what she's here to do. So, yeah. And, you know, Renly does a great job as well. You can see these these um, it's it's interesting, like uh, Randall is, is in this and Tarly that is, and th- they're talking about some uh, just kind of those courtesies that are, that are owed each other. And you can see that Renly and Cat- and Catlin can play this game better than, than some of these other Lords, just because like, uh, you know, uh, some of them are a little bit too, too brash or a little too uh, direct or whatever. And she's, she's good at this. She's in a, a tough spot here, really. I mean, Rinley could be, you know, ticked. He could be upset. He could be whatever. And he's got a huge host. I mean, massive, you know, yeah. and yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, when you think about a lot of these uh, these smaller lords, like they probably really, I mean, it's not like they tr- do a lot of traveling, right? You know, a lot of these, you know, like if you're from Winterfell or, you know, some of these other things, you're traveling a lot. You're traveling to King's Landing, um, you, you know, I mean, you have family in the Riverland. So, I mean, she, you know, they'll go there every now and then your sisters, you know queen of the veil but she's the lady of the Vale. So, so i mean they they do a lot more traveling than a lot of these smaller um hosts you would have to imagine so they kind of know people from their region they don't necessarily know people from other regions so you would have to imagine that they wouldn't you know everybody has different culture you talk to people differently from different cultures so they you know a little more yeah. brash i suppose or
0: yeah well the, like, like the other thing is i guess if you were um If if you're in Winterfell, I mean, and you're going to the north, you're not going you're not stopping in a a lower lower. I mean, unless it's on the way and you need to to take shelter or whatever. But for the most part, you're headed um, to Winterfell. You're not going to go beyond it and go to House Umber and different places like that. Uh, So unless they are there in Winterfell to kind of greet someone from the south, you don't really make those connections. You may know of them. You study them. The maesters are teaching everyone. Um, you know, how sigils and things like that. But for the most part, as, as you say, that's, that's correct. And, and I thought it was interesting in this chapter, uh, that Hoster Tully is brought up again as someone who probably would have gone in Catlin's, um, place here, but since he is not well and he is ill and, and he can't send Edmure, he has to send Catelyn. This is Rob I'm speaking about, like sending his, his mother, right. um, so I thought that was kind of cool. It just it shows you the significance of of riverrun. I, I often think riverrun is downplayed a lot just because or, or we don't look at it as being um, one of the more powerful of the great houses. And I guess really if you were to sort of rank like uh, some of the you know power or, or the weight that these different regions uh, carry, it's it's tough, it's in a spot that's that's rich with resources and stuff, but like gold money, things like that you know and and men and power and and stuff it's it's in a tough spot actually, so I always think that's kind of interesting it just neat to see that river run is a big deal and then for them joining the north and joining rob is is huge so um and he needs the blackfish. He says, this is kind of cool. So the blackfish is my eyes and ears, right? I dare not lose him. My, my, um, your brother, I need to hold river run. So the blackfish, remember when they caught, uh, Jamie Lannister is out and about doing all the scouting and kind of knows where things are, are going and it's someone he can, he can really trust. Thank God he's not, uh, trusting the Boltons, you know? Yeah. <laughs> a, yeah. Right? Yeah, <laughs>
1: absolutely. Yeah. And like what you said with, with river run, they are in a tough spot because just because where they are, um, regionally, right. They're surrounded by there's mm-hmm. there's there's another region everywhere they have no natural defenses other than kind of internally just those those rivers um you know you think like well the westerlands casually rock is all the way on the on the west coast of of westeros i mean they you know they have the sea next to them right so outside of maybe the gray joys you know it's a lot it becomes much harder to attack because you can only attack from one direction um yeah. so so river run you know politics wise they kind of got to play you know everybody because they could be sieged kind of the the easiest there yeah um yeah and i guess when you think of them in terms of great houses i mean outside really of the Greyjoys, i think i probably would have them kind of towards the bottom um and and, and i mean maybe they have more money than than say winterfell or something i don't we don't we don't really know i guess like that kind of uh that kind that kind of thing but um I just it just yes. in, in in thinking about it, I mean I just kind of rank them initially i I do typically don't think of of river run as and I th- and I think some of that comes to you know of the other kind of lords we see of the river run, of the riverlands you know one of the first ones we meet is Walter Frey who doesn't really seem like he he gives much respect to Hoster Tully
0: yeah yeah you know what's interesting is that you have a king in the north, right, who comes south because he's coming down seeking justice for the, the murder of his of his father, um, and then also you've got the Lannisters who are sieging um, or who are, you know, uh, attacking the Riverlands, and if, if it weren't for uh, Rob's mother and this strong tie to Riverrun, you really could just retreat north and just kind of sit and build up your forces, restock and everything like that, but but because you are trying to defend and you're trying to help out in River Run and you don't want them to feel abandoned and they've just sort of helped to lift you up in this position as king, you start to feel a responsibility for that region. And that region is actually a really vulnerable region, yeah. uh, and it's and it's under it's under attack. So that's just sort of the, uh, I guess it kind of sucks. You know, if it were the Vale, be a different story. That's way more easy to kind of guard against and fortify up and and everything and. And even even there's a direct line right up to the north, you know, from the like the sea and things. It it just but it being River Run, it almost ends up kind of working against Rob a little bit. So. Right. um, Yeah. I don't
1: know. Yeah, it does. No, you know, you're right in that. It does. It does ultimately end up kind of being in a way you could almost argue it is it is a disadvantage. Um, I mean, yeah, Yeah. you have you have a lot more men Um, like, yeah, if you just wanted to say I declare myself independent. And then just be like, try to march on the north, and the north yeah, and is the north is tough to march on, right? Because right. you have to go through the neck, you have Kaelin, yep,
2: Uh yep. and
1: I mean, then you have to big, huge forests you have to go through. I mean, it would be, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it would, and it's cold up there. I mean, a lot of southern people are trying to march north. It's cold; they're not used to that. It's right, yeah. It would be, it would, it would be a long, tough road to try and go take hey. Winterfell.
0: And, and, and plus, there's that that pride, right? You don't want anyone coming north, and so you're going to fight more um, for your home while you're there uh, versus you're down in the Riverlands, and if things aren't going well and you're sitting there, because one of the things that um, when Catelyn leaves, right, she, she talks about him just sitting there in, in Riverrun and how he kind of says, like, look, it's not that he has sent um, sort of a like this offering of peace, but at the same time, he's not expecting to get Uh, those terms to be met exactly. And he's expecting a counter offer. And so he's also moving his forces though, because the men are restless and if they're not warring, they're going to, you know, uh, dwindle and they're going to leave and and maybe want to go back North or whatever. So he's also battling that issue with, with his Northmen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, all right. Well, um, okay. So let's see here. So, uh, Caitlin kind of, you know, wakes up, you know, um, And then, uh, you know, her fingers seemed more clumsy than usual as she fumbled on her clothes. She supposed she ought to be grateful that she had any use of her hands at all. The dagger had been Valyrian steel like she was thinking of that, uh, you know, that dagger when she saved when she saved Bran there. Um, You know, she only had scars to remember. Uh, Outside, Shad was stirring oats into a kettle um, while Sir uh, Wendell Manderly sat stringing his bow. My lady, he said. When Catelyn emerged, these, there are birds in this grass, which you fancy a roast quail to break your fast this morning. Um, so they're kind of just getting ready because she's going to go meet uh, Renly Baratheon here, right? So um, Robin yep. sent 20 of his best to see her safely to Renly. He had sent five lordlings as well, whose names and high birth would add weight and honor to her mission. Uh, as they made their way south, staying well clear of towns and holdfast, they had seen bands of of mailed men more than once and glimpsed smoke on the eastern horizon but none had dared molest them they were too weak to be a threat too many to be easy prey once across the black water the worst was behind for the past four days they had seen no signs of war so yeah so as she's so she is marching you know south and then she's gonna go meet up with renly he's he's kind of position himself, you know, like more southeast in Westeros because he went to go marry Marjorie Tyrell out in the yeah. Reach.
0: Right. And, and I could be wrong, but I think it's actually um, the path that they take. And I haven't looked this up in a while. Maybe someone else can do this, uh, you know, one of our listeners or, or, or someone. But I think we have that host that's building up in uh, Castley Rock or, or Atlantisport. They're building up a host there. And then uh, Lord Tywin is uh, more off to the east. And so they're able to almost make directly south. And cut through two big forces, which is fascinating, actually. And uh, that they're able to kind of, that they don't meet a whole lot of resistance or they're not overtaken by Lannister men. You know, because they are, they're over there by um, the Isle of Faces and, and, right. and Harrenhal, right? Where, where we are with, with Arya.
1: Right, well, you know, the, uh, the majority of this host is from the Reach, right? Which is crazy to think because if... Renly and this is the whole like you get back to the whole like what if Renly and Stannis had worked together uh, strategy. I mean, my God, I mean, he could have taken that host and just marched north from the reach right up to Casterly Rock and shut down uh, any to any any hopes of Tywin Lannister coming back. Right. I mean, coming coming back to to King's Landing to save everybody. I mean, then Stannis could have just sailed right onto Blackwater and taken it so mm-hmm. I mean even yeah. with the why I mean if you go you know kind of spoiler skip way ahead I mean this is a reread uh, I mean Stannis Tyrion makes his play and Stannis still almost takes takes it if if not for if not for Tywin so uh, then you have Rob up there too I mean if Renly and that's kind of what I think what Catlin, cat that's what Catelyn is going here to do is see if we can work together I mean Renly could have just either marched north or, or you know, anything. And then, I mean, it's just – it's crazy to think about all of the, like, events that happen um, and just all of this positioning as we're dealing with the War of Five Kings. You know, it's funny. As you said, as uh, – you know, earlier I said that Winterfell, you know, it'd be so hard to take and then it does get taken because no one's there, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. The Theon, yeah. Theon and, like, ten guys take it because there's just nobody there. And then the same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, Renly, as we know, he marches – you know east to go you know try and take storms end back and then so that means he's they're out of the reach and so Tywin Lannister can just zoom right in there you know to kind of take a diagonal a diagonal path path there straight to yep. King's Landing
0: yeah so if you pull this, up there's um again uh, Atlas of Ice and Fire is a great resource if you want to look at maps and look at features and stuff um it is just really I I didn't really just thought about it but for them to cut south like that and to be a large enough host but yet small enough that they can sneak essentially through because the southern part and more eastward um, you have a lot of raiding and stuff going on now initially when this conflict broke out it was over near the western hills on on the western side of the riverlands but it has since been shifted that battle had shifted far east and the, the Western Hills and the, and the Western lands are kind of like, yeah, they're good where there's not as much, there. there's a force building back in Lannisport. But then if you look on the map, I mean, a river runs straight down South. Once they pass, um, you know, bl- the, the Blackwater and then they get to Bitterbridge I mean, it's one, number one, it's, it's quite a trek actually. And, uh, but yeah, they're able to avoid, you know, a whole lot of trouble, which is kind of, uh, it just, it just helps to, I guess, visualize where everyone's at. And maybe timing here worked out for them and they have to scout ahead and see if there's, you know, to, to avoid these forces and stuff and avoid Lannister scouts and not be chased down. Because uh, that would have been huge. I mean, if they would have captured Catelyn, that would have been a pretty big deal. Oh, it would have been,
1: so, been game over. Yeah. I mean, and so it's, it's, I mean, it's actually a little bit risky.
0: I oh, mean, it's, oh, it's
1: incredibly risky. I mean, it's, oh, it's, I mean, it's yeah. it would be everything because if you capture Catelyn, the Lannisters yeah. capture him, then you have Catelyn and you have. Sansa, and they still believe Arya, right? Rob would still believe that they have Arya, and so I mean, then you are Rob Stark, you are a young king. Uh, You have, I mean, what do you, I mean, what do you do at that point? Then do you trade Jamie for your mother and your sisters? Do you trade her just for your mother? I mean, then they have the bargaining piece, like, well, we're not even. You can keep Jamie. We only, Mm -hmm. you know, we have three of your people. So I mean, it's that would be it would be everything. It's a, it's an enormous risk doing this. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. So, and they have to cross over like two major roads. Again, I tell you, I love looking at maps. I I will, maybe I'll put a link to this particular map in our description or or something, our, our, our group Uh, on, if I forget, someone just, you know, kind of remind me because it's, they pass over the, um, the gold road and the rose road. And like, those are big sort of places where you could have been perhaps Overtaken or something like. Why is there not a patrol on that road? You know, like, like uh, they they. It's just it's interesting. So yeah, but enough of that. Um, so just sort of some geography and, and thinking about strategy, and then yeah, she she does has she has this whole reflection piece, which I mentioned earlier. Uh, just thinking about how how Rob has grown into uh, a king, and he's speaking about his men. He's he's speaking about the Blackfish and, and his role, uh, and and that's um, it's a good thing, but at the same time, there's this loss of um, this innocence is gone. And she's seeing her family kind of um pulled in all these different directions, and she just wants everything to be back to normal. She's having those dreams at the beginning, just wanting to, you know uh, for, for Ned to be back for her kids to be there, just to go back to just a few you know just just about a year ago, I mean things being normal and and it's now the whole region, the whole um you know continent is in is in open war with each yeah. other, it's yeah, it's crazy so yeah yeah,
1: yeah absolutely so. Um. Okay, so the she starts thinking a little bit about, like, the last time she saw Renly, right? She says, when I last saw Renly, he was a boy no older than Bran. I do not know him. Send somebody else. My place is here with my father for whatever time he has left. Like, this is what she's thinking back to what she told Rob. Like, she doesn't really want to do this, right? You know, and again, Hoster Tully is dying, right? She wants to be with her her family. She's already lost Ned, Bran, which isn't lost, but, you know, he's obviously been injured, and then she has to be away from him, Rickon, and then, you know, she is lost. You know, kind of air quote Arya and Sansa. So, um, you know, her son had looked at her unhappily. There is no one else. I cannot go my fel- myself. Your father's too ill. The blackfish is is my eyes and ears. I dare not lose him. Uh, your brother. I need to hold River one when we march. March. No one else had said a word to her of marching. I cannot sit at River Run waiting for peace. It makes me look as if I were afraid to take the field again when there are no battles to fight men start to think of hearth and harvest father told me that even my northmen grow restless uh, my northmen she thought he is even starting to talk like a king i mean so that's something else too she's got to, it's 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 not just rob it's now rob becoming a king right at this young age let alone like just training him to be you know like an adult let alone a king yeah. and, and a king in war right i mean
0: yeah, yep, absolutely. Yeah. So much yeah. of
1: this is on her shoulders.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. There, there, there's a lot. And that's why I say it's it's such a risk, you know, to, to send her, but she yet was the only person that they could send, you know. So it's just, uh, it's it's really interesting. Um, okay, so to kind of move on here, I mean, we really just get a lot, a little bit more about food, and, and we get some of, um, you know, her thinking, reflecting, um, looking at, uh, you get some of these more, uh, like these, Locations. Um, they they're heading down the Mander now towards towards Br- uh, Bitterbridge, and uh, as they're getting close, they see some of those features that indicate that's that's where they are. And when when you first sort of break in here and you see uh, some of these other banners and sigils and things like that, it's it's kind of cool. It's it's neat to see House Fossaway, uh House Florent, and these other houses represented. And it's it's kind of cool because one there's these tiebacks to the days of tourneys when we would see these. Uh, House is represented in the Dunkin' Egg series. And then um, we also know that House Florent is, is tied in uh, with, with Stannis, um, sort of, you know, like right. they're a little divided. And that's so that's, a, that's, a, that's another dynamic, right? You, you, you can see right there that we've, we've got a divide and that Renly, um, you yeah, know, it truly is dividing um, some, some of the well, he's taking. He's taken a lot of the Stormlands. I mean, he's taken a lot of, of those houses with him and he's combined it with Highgarden. So Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um all right. Okay. Um yeah. right, okay. So as you said, yeah, she she when she gets kinda up there, like they're talking about all the different traveling they're gonna have to go, she starts to approach the camp, right? Um, starts to see um, you know, sigils, things like that. Uh and then, you know, they say like um uh, house tar or house um house Tyrell's golden, you know, flower is sown everywhere. Like you see it everywhere um right. which i th- right which i you know just think is kind of interesting um you know and then so they approach says my lady do you hear that noise asked hollis mullen um what is that uh it's a melee right so this is this is when we start to get introduced to some of these other characters like brienne of tarth is about to make her appearance here so uh yeah kind of kind of cool here so there's yeah so there's this big melee going on and this is a big chunk of the of the chapter
0: yeah, can I say real quick? You know, he, here's the thing. Just to cut right to this. Why do we see so much of 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 the rose, Why are the roses everywhere, right? It's because they don't have a claim. They don't have a claim to the throne, and so they're going to use Renly like they are just trying to to latch on there and they and they want to uh climb the ladder, you know? It's just the the Tyrells, I think. You you go back to uh when we did uh, when we looked at the histories, right? House Gardner was the was the ruling sort of house there in the reach um, from Highgarden, and their stewards were the Tyrells, which is interesting. So again, they're they're just climbing this ladder here, and now they're uh, themselves. They've attached themselves to 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 Renly. Uh, Why, Sir Matt? You know? Yeah.
1: Well, you know, House Tyrell is. I always kind of wonder. I guess how people view them. Do you like House Tyrell? Do you not? Um, like on one hand, I view them as like the opposites of the Lannisters. Right. And that they also have a ton of money. Uh, actually I, at some points they have, you know, you could, you could make the argument they have more money, uh, than, than the Lannisters. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause we know like the, the mines are, uh, uh, Lannister mines are, are running dry. I'm trying to remember if that's something that's just in the show or in the book, but I, I don't, I can't remember right off the top of my head right now um this very moment but regardless they have a lot of money uh and so they're also like very um oh what's the word i'm uh very motivated very ambitious so yeah yeah you know, it just it just it i guess when we when we see them they don't necessarily we don't see them as often resorting to as dirty of things as the lannisters right whereas uh you know you think about that kind of scale right of like Lawful good, good, you know, chaotic good, lawful, you know, evil, you know, stuff like that. Like, where do they align compared to the Lannisters? Um, so, yeah, so let us know, actually. Leave me. We should, we should run a poll on um, maybe in the Facebook mm-hmm. group or something and say, like, you know, what do you, do you actually what do you think of the of the Tyrells? Because I think they're very comparable to the Lannisters. I mean, um, Elena Tyrell poisons uh, Joffrey. Right. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, so, I mean, that's, you know, is it a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Because, you know, Joffrey is obviously pretty evil. But at the end of the day, she's still poisoning somebody to get ahead. Um, so it, they're always they're just so intriguing, but they're definitely a house that I feel like, you know, they're very powerful. We just don't maybe we just don't talk about them as much. Or maybe it's just because we're finally now just getting to them in our reread it takes a while before you get to them but i'm even just trying to think of like when the series was going on um because i think marjorie's a really good character. i think she's a really interesting character i mean her arc in itself is is really kind of intriguing i mean she she latches on to maybe maybe latches on the right word she marries renly then uh is willing to say i will marry joffrey right so that we can Mm -hmm. we can climb up and I believe I can persuade him to and I can control him Uh and she starts to. Right. So, yeah, yeah. And then I mean, then talk about a real dangerous move, because it does seem like she's starting to control Joffrey and then you poison him to try and move on to Tommen. I mean. Yes. Th- I yes. mean, it, so it's like so I mean, I don't think that that's something that's ever really talked about is, you know, w- Why then? Like, obviously, they do it right, you know, at at the wedding. So she doesn't have to so she doesn't have to go through with it. But I think to me, it seems more likely that she was really kind of starting to control him and like figure that out. So why then? Why? Like, I mean, you know, so. Yeah. Was that Did I mean, what did you did you not think at that point that that would that you would be able to really kind of get him under control? So you said, no, we got to move on to plan B.
0: Yeah, that probably is it, right? I mean that, that probably that probably is exactly what was what was going on. You get you do kind of wonder what those other conversations were behind the scenes and what were they talking about in their little, you know, groups and with Marjorie and yeah, and, and her parents and things. So, here's something. You you just kind of as you were speaking there, you were talking about House Tyrell and House Lannister being similar and I kind of forgot, right, that that the Lannisters um I mean similar to the Tyrells. I mean, it used to be the Castrells uh, yeah. at Casterly Rock you know and then land the clever is the one who kind of goes in and, and they're descended from from him um so that that's fascinating like they they're kind of um kind of jumped up there and and got their got their spot in in the uh Westerlands and and then the, uh, House Tyrell as as I was mentioning yeah it was um House Gardner uh that yes. they were they were again you know tied to House Gardner and and it was during uh the Targaryen when the Targaryens came in um They were destroyed, utterly destroyed. And and Tyrells are elevated, again, jumped up there to be Lord Paramount of, of the Mander. Now, here's something else. I didn't even think about this until I was reading this. But, you know, House Manderly used to once be at the mouth of the Mander. And that's where House Manderly comes from. And they then have relocated north. And we can talk about that another time. It's kind of a cool thing to discuss and think about. But I was wondering as we got down here with all these Tyrells, you know, like what the dynamic would be um, between you know the the Manderleys, our our Manderley here, um, and and some of the Tyrells. We really we really don't get much, actually. Uh, we we kind of drift away, right? Um, from Lore, uh, from Wyman's son. We kind of we kind of move right. on, and, and we don't really come back to him until the very end. But still, he's there. And I just kind of thought, oh, that's interesting. I wonder. Um, as as George was writing this, that's that we have to be as as readers thinking like. Huh? Right. There's a little something there. Yeah. There's a little something there. Why are they? Yeah. Well, because you know, now we're I introduced to the Tyrells, who, you know, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, one one quick thing here too. I just before we kind of get back to to kind of Catelyn here and start to talk about Bran of Tarth, um, you know, it's also interesting. I was just kind of thinking there about like well the difference between the book and the show and kind of where we end up. You know, in the show, uh, there's no Tyrells left, right? They're all they're all gone. At the at least yeah. that we see at the end of the at yeah. the end of, at the end of the series I mean they take out house Tyrell when um at the sept of Baylor and then Olenna kills herself um but in the books there's another Tyrell right uh not Loris but um the one that they want to marry Sansa to uh
0: yeah their older brother the yeah old,
1: the older brother and then Loris Tyrell is like nowhere close to where he is in uh the show right in the yeah. sh- in the in the show he gets he gets uh arrested by the by the sept of of, of um you know like homosexuality basically right um mm-hmm. and uh he gets like put on trial for that and then he you know kind of admits his you know air quote sins there and then um he uh y- you know and then he dies in this in the, in the sept of Baylor when he kind of joins their uh joins up with them um but in the books, he's like, he's like off at a battle, like he's like he's nowhere close to where yeah. he is in in the show.
0: Right. Yeah. He's not. No. Yeah. He's, he's he's actually dying. Right. And and so like, well, air quote, we think he's he's gravely wounded and and everything. So, uh, yeah, completely different, <laughs> completely different, and uh, so so their whole story. I don't know. Like like that's something to speculate about. Um, do we think that it would end up being. This, the the same or similar or or whatever, um. So it is. Let me think here real quick. I think, is it Willis? Yes. Isn't that their? Yep. Isn't that their brother?
1: Right. Yeah. 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 I'm pretty yeah, that, sure. That, um, yeah. That's who they. That's who they want to marry. Sansa off to. At one point. Yeah.
0: Remember, he he's the one who has kind of the bum knee. He's right. Because at uh, one point, Marjorie At
1: one point, remember, Marjorie is talking to. Um, Sansa about the possibility of her marrying in the show the possibility of her yeah. marrying Loras and she's like very pleased by that and then uh, Tywin Lannister comes in you're marrying Loras Tyrell Cersei and then you get Sansa ends up getting married to Tyrion um, but that is something mm-hmm. that's at least talked about for a little bit when you kind of get that power struggle there between uh, Cersei and Marjorie, right um, so that's as Marjorie's like rising up to the ranks and is the is the you know, next to be queen and all that, and then you get that Cersei Marjorie uh back and forth.
0: Yeah. yeah Which yeah, yeah.
1: Marjorie could still totally be uh the queen, the younger and more beautiful queen in like the Valencar prophecy in the books. I mean, the, that will that will overthrow you because she could still totally be that character.
0: Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right man, you know what I'm, I now you got me thinking about, uh, Willis Tyrell and I'm, I'm just thinking like, I would love to see, I, I hope we get some, you know, more of it. Or we actually get to go kind of bring that character in. Uh, yeah, he, yeah. Marriage proposals are a big deal and that's something at the end there where they're kind of still considering, um, a marriage to, uh, Willis. So anyways, yeah, a little sidebar there, but just interesting conversation on, on Lannister and, and, and Tyrell and, and, uh, right. You know, in House Manderly, weave that in there, which is which is crazy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, OK, so kind of back to the chapter here a little bit. But I mean, think that was a good kind of just let's if we we don't we don't ever get to talk about the Tyrells. Right. Because it just seems like, well, we could, but it's just like in the chapters, we've never had a reason to talk about them. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I just I think the way that all of our a lot of our ravens and stuff like that go, typically you revolve around what it is that we are talking about. And so some of these characters yeah. get missed. And so I really feel like Marjorie's is a character we've not really talked about that much. Uh, And so now we're going to talk about him. So it's kind of cool. And so, you know, I'm excited. Um, Yeah. So, okay. So uh, the melee is going on. Catelyn thinks, you know, this is madness, right? Real enemies on every side and half of the realm in flames. And Renly sits here playing at war like a boy with his first wooden sword, right? So everybody's there. They're all watching, um, you know, this fight. You know, Lord, Lady, um, you have... Lady Oakhart, uh, Lord Randall Tarley of Horn Hill, with his great sword Hart'sbane, right um, in the midst, watching and laughing with his young queen by him side, set a ghost in a golden crown. Small wonder the lords gather around him with such fervor. She thought he is Robert come again. Renly was handsome as Robert had been handsome, long of limb and broad of shoulder, with the same coal black hair, fine and straight, the same deep blue eyes. There's a little throwback to our uh, is young Mm -hmm. Griff uh, Roberts Bastard uh, Patreon thing we did. Uh, The same easy smile, the slender circlet around his brows seemed to suit him well. It was soft gold, a ring of roses exquisitely wrought, and, and the front lifted a stag's head of dark green jade, adorned with golden eyes and golden antlers, the crown stag decorated the queen's uh, green velvet tunic as well, worked in gold thread upon her chest. On his chest, excuse me, uh, the Baratheon sigil in the colors of Highgarden. The girl who uh, shared the high seat with him was also of Highgarden. His young queen, Marjorie, daughter of Lord Mace Tyrell. Their marriage was the mortar that held the great southern alliance together. Catelyn knew. Renly was once, uh, was one and twenty, the girl no older than Rob, very pretty, with a doze, soft eyes, and a mane of curling brown hair that fell about her shoulders in lazy ringlets. Her smile was shy and sweet. Um, so, you know, just in- getting introduced to these two characters, you know, uh, and it's like, what a marriage that would have been. I mean, obviously, it's kind of a sham, right? Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, just because they didn't, they, you know, uh, just because Bradley wouldn't have feelings for, her. I mean, it wouldn't really, it wouldn't really matter. I mean, their marriage could still totally work. Because I think politically they would have worked it out and could have been great friends. Absolutely, and, yeah, yeah and totally yeah. everything. I mean, just that, just because they, just because you know, aren't, aren't he's not attracted to her. Um, I don't think would really matter. But kind of the crazy thing with Marjorie, uh, is that you know you go back to Game of Thrones. They're talking a little bit about you know it was possible that Robert was going to consider. Marrying Marjorie and like booting out Cersei, yeah,
0: yeah, it's great, crazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know it, it's, it's, I think, I think you're right that they're there, it would have like it, like it definitely is. This is intriguing, this is a really intriguing sort of um matchup here, and these two side by side regions coming together, making it work. They also have the same kind of spirit, though, you know, regardless of whether, you know, attraction or whatever, like they they seem to be uh, benevolent in a way, like they almost like they care about having fun and and, ha- and spreading peace and, and whatever. Um, and that's really what we see here. It, it is actually very fascinating to look at Sir, Sir Loras Tyrell and look at where he starts here as the Knight of Flowers and then look what he goes through and actually where he is at currently in the series. It's dark. It's actually a little dark and it's fascinating but uh in in this house that is all about beauty and is all about just um abundance and and different things coming together with Renly you can see why they accepted Renly and it's great you know that Catelyn mentions they are well that he looks just like Robert and looks you know just looks just like him um but yet doesn't have that demeanor it's almost like better he has the best qualities of Robert uh maybe, maybe not the 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 same command of of battle and things but I guess as like um you know a a a, lead, a leader during a time of peace you know like he would be like a great right uh king during dur- during a time during times of peace right so
1: yeah Renly is yeah. Renly, Renly is such a heartbreaking character because you feel like he could be such a great leader he's you know he's he's funny he's witty he's just like you know, has has he's a very charismatic guy and, and unfortunately mm-hmm. we'll we'll get to a very short uh short end with, with him here. But yeah, it is just it is just interesting to think. And then as you said with Loris, um yeah, Loris I'm really Loris is a character I'm really uh excited and interesting interested to see how his arc progresses in Winds of Winter. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, when when that book comes out because it's I've to it, he might be totally different. There's a character we should do a, a YouTube video, yeah, uh, yeah. YouTube video on because it's it's like it might be in such it might be so different, so different.
0: Yeah, and, and and so yeah, as as back to this tourney here. So the Knight of Flowers, as you as you say, I think even when you look at um when you look at the TV show versus you look at how he's described here in the books and just the the vibe that I get, um, he's really good. He's really uh, like like in in Catelyn has heard about his um his skills and just how good he is what is he uh is, is he close to 21 or right. something i think yeah. um or was that Renly? i think Renly definitely is is near is near age of, of 21 i think maybe uh loris might be a little bit younger i'll have right. to look that up but, well, but anyways yeah young and still well, and he really and well he, and
1: he probably would yeah. have i mean the mountain cheats right you know because the mountain the mountain yeah the yeah, mountain yeah when the when they're jousting hits his hits his horse instead of Instead of instead of going after him, and so I mean, it's, he probably would have won that tourney, right? He probably would have beat the mountains. So, well, he in in a way does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he does. Sure, yeah. yeah,
0: yes, yeah. So so interesting. Now, and he's definitely uh, the um, the favorite here. Everyone's you know rooting for for him and for High Garden and everything. You know, uh, and this there's this blue knight, right? There's this blue knight, and and kind of confused, like who is this? Because here's the other thing. This is what's kind of kind of cool about this. Even though they're they're like air quote playing at war, and she knows that her son is you know king and is actually fighting war and losing men, and they haven't really tasted that yet. Um, Brienne is is no joke. I mean, not a joke at all. No slouch, as we say sometimes. Like really good, really legit, and beats um, the knight of flowers, who is also really good. So I think we sometimes have to remember uh, just how good she is in, in this fight. And so we quickly learned that Catelyn is confused because why do they dislike this blue knight? You know, what's going on? What's, what's the problem? And, um, yeah, I forget who it is, but they, you know, kind of turn and say, well, it's, it's, it's you know, um, it's not a man. It's, a, it, you know, that it's sort of, that's the idea is that this is not, um, that they're calling, uh, you know, they're saying Tarth and then oddly, you know, a beauty, a beauty, right? This is coming down to, uh, after, uh she wins you know right. and it's just confusing like like what's going on here <laughs> um but uh yeah it it turns out to be Brienne uh fighting in this tourney and not some other knight or male knight like she like she thought uh but i don't know i just think it's i, I think we sometimes need to remember that she that she won this yes, she and does. she wins the right to to kind of get this spot next to Renly
1: yes yes she does yeah and brienne uh i mean well in the show she ends up becoming kind of king's commander right lord commander uh she mm-hmm. gets oh yeah, she, yeah yeah of the of the of the of the, king, right. the king's guard so uh um, yeah. which i it, which i think it'll, i think her story will probably play out pretty i i think hers will probably be pretty similar uh in the yeah uh in the books which is cool and and and, and certainly uh fitting for for brienne to be kind of that unlikely knight mm-hmm. right uh to who will who will rise up through the ranks. And I mean, even more unlikely, obviously because she, she's a woman. So, um, yeah, just, yeah, just, yeah. I mean, so that'll be, and, yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah. And then even a, a cool tie back to, um, Sir Duncan, right. If she is sort of a descendant and, and things in him being, uh, a commander in the Kings guard. And then that just kind of, it's another parallel. You could see that kind of, uh, being something that, that George would do. It's almost, it's almost too poetic really. Right. Um, but yet it's, it's subtle. Poetry, (laughs) right? Well,
1: uh, I yeah, well, yes and no because the thing the Dunk to our knowledge, uh, you know, dies in the fire, right? Protecting his his um his king, right? And so then for Brienne of Tarth to do it, if there still is kind of this bittersweet thing if it does happen, kind of the same way with Jamie, right? Where she finally gets to be with Jamie, and then he goes off to die with Cersei. Um, there's there's still some. I guess right. I mean, it's poetic, but it's also I don't know. Well,
0: yeah, it can be tragic too. I yeah. mean, it can be like 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 all in the same. I think that's some of Dunk's story is that like he's this guy traveling around and he's this great. You know, the realm may need a hedge knight, but yet uh, the events of Summerhall are, are fascinating. And uh, as I was talking to Lady Raj, I mean, that was one of the main things. If you if you could tell me what happens there, I'd be satisfied. Like, I want to know, like, that kind of answers a lot of questions and maybe solves a lot of mysteries right. is to reveal what happens at Summerhall. But, um, you know, the idea is that this was, the, the, I mean, she's the character that is strongly hinted at as being one of Dunk's descendants. Well, she, I guess, um, pretty, yeah, it, like,
1: I, he's pretty much confirmed it. I mean, yeah.
0: And so that's what I mean, you know, if, right. if she becomes Lord Commander, right? you know, in, in the show, right? and then he also was was very unlikely, even though, She's born into, uh, you know, a higher status than he is still her um, just being a woman makes it makes it more difficult. And she's always had to kind of fight against, uh, you know, the, these pe- people who don't want to see her succeed. It's, it's not it's not a rank that's been easily uh, that's obtained. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: Um. OK, so she. uh so she wins, right? And then she kind of has her knighting ceremony here, or right, king, King's Guard, right? Or uh, Rainbow Guard, mm-hmm. yep. you know, we should call it. Uh, my yes, my yep. life for yours, your grace from this day on, I am your shield. I swear it by the old gods and the new. The way she looked at the king, looked down at him, she was a good hand higher, though Renly was near as tall as his brother had been, uh, was uh, pl- painful to see. Uh, your grace you know i beg you leave i have the honor to bring you lady catlin stark sent as envoy by her son rob lord of winterfell lord of winterfell and king in the north let's go yeah he's cor- <laughs> as he's corrected. let it be known <laughs> yeah so um you know late you are most welcome here lady stark uh i am sorry then marjorie says you know i am sorry for your loss you are kind my lady, I swear you, I will see that the Lannisters answer for your husband's murder. Uh, the king declared, when I take King Landing, I'll send you Cersei's head. And will that, and then, she, you know, internally she says, and will that bring my Ned back to me? It will be enough to know that justice has been done, my lord. Your grace, Brienne the Blue, corrected sharply. A lot of correcting uh, <laughs> going going on here. And you should yeah. kneel when you approach the king. Wow.
0: <laughs> Just Gee, like right uh, th- Right. And this is where I said, like, it's a threading of the needle here. So hold on. Wait a second. I am, like, is you almost have to acknowledge that you are a king, but you are a southern king. You're right. you're, you're not a king We're of kings. any of the territory right. that my son is king of. Exactly.
1: You know? Ex- exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The distance between a lord and a grace is a small one, my lady, Catelyn said. Lady Lord Renly wears a crown, as does my son. If you wish, we may stand here in the mud and debate... What honors and titles are rightly due uh, to each, but it strikes me that we have more pressing matters to consider. Uh, you know, well said, my lady. There will be time enough for graces when these wars are done. Tell me, uh, when does your son mean to march against Harrenhal? Uh, until she knew whether this king was friend or foe, Catelyn was not about to reveal the le- the least part, the last part of Rob's depositions uh, i do not sit on my son's war councils my lord so long as he leaves a few lannisters for me i'll not complain what has he done with the kingslayer uh, jamie lannister is held prisoner at river run still alive um it would seem the dire wolf's gentler than the lion you know so then mm-hmm. they're just kind of kind of having some you know some back and forth i call it weak lord randall says um yeah you know and they, they keep kind of correcting each other a little bit here as they as they begin to um start discussing bigger more important matters
0: yeah absolutely and and I guess let me point out something too they call this a weakness you know that they haven't killed the Kingslayer and I think it's also like if they had the Kingslayer it's it's one of those things like if you had Jamie Lannister you would they would not kill him they wouldn't They, they, they would see it as a bargaining chip they would see it the same way that Rob does and it's something you want to yes will it would it um you know, would it strike fear maybe into the Lannisters? What it, whatever. Right. But it's it's such a huge chip that it's almost unwise that you would want to kill him. Right. Well, they also you don't know? none
1: of them also have their family members uh, in chains. You know, or whatever.
0: Right. Yeah. Yes. But it, but I. The, the point is is that you know Catelyn is also then telling them that you know while you sit here and play at war, my son is warring. So that that's that's she, without saying what I just said. Um, she does say that she does convey that to them, because if you were warring, you would want uh, b- b- like uh, this, this chip, you would realize how um, how much effort it took to get the Kingslayer and then also what that means um, for us in negotiations. And actually, it's interesting, though, I, let me back up. Actually, it's interesting that Catlin doesn't um, say it the way that I'm saying it. And she just kind of makes it more about playing that they're playing war versus um, actually being in war because she is the one you know ironically later on who will um, who who loses that chip for Rob right so that's kind of crazy I guess to, to to think about and there's just different ways that you could go about it now like if you know he's someone you're never going to trade unless you're you're literally trading to end the war and it's the final piece, you know terms or whatever then then I get maybe keeping him otherwise if he if there's a chance he could be you know, taken back or escape or whatever, he's a great commander. And you don't want him back on the other side, inspiring people and and commanding forces and and whatever. So it's a huge loss, but yet there's so much more you can do with him alive versus dead. And that's sort of always the the issue that we're that you see these characters in, which is it's it's decisions. It's choices. You know, what what are we gonna do? And and these lords have not yet been in that position. They have not seen and again, they also have the, the advantage of having a massive host, tons of resources behind them, and not challenged whatsoever. Slowly making their way to King's Landing. Not even worried at all. If they were to press, if they were to press right now and really get after it, they, I mean, we always go into that what if, but man, they would have done some major de- I mean, I mean, Tyrion's not ready. Uh, Cersei's not ready yet. They are not ready. You you could have you could have made your move, but uh, anyways. Yeah. So I just want I just kinda want to point that out because they call it a weakness. They're saying that Rob is weak, and I don't think he is. I think he's no, he's smart, smart for for keeping him alive. Yeah, Yeah. it's
1: it's totally smart. What he's doing is absolutely smart. Um, Okay, so real quick though, just before, so just kind of a route right around there. Right, they're still talking about all these things. Um, uh, uh, He does not stint himself. This, Renly. She thought as she looked about. Small wonders why his host moves so. Uh, slowly, right? Like there's, she's looking around. You know, there's like s- everything's matches. or silver. It's everything's very ornate, right? There's like a harp set up. Like, I mean, it's like you know, he's just moving his kingdom around. Um, but she says beside the entrance, uh, this is like as they're watching to his to his tent to discuss things. The king's armor stood sentry, a su- uh, a suit of forest green plate, its fittings uh, chased with gold. The helm crowned by a great rack of golden antlers. Uh, this. The steel was polished to such high sheen that she could see her reflection in the breastplate, gazing back at her as if from the bottom of a deep green pond, the face of a drowned woman. Catelyn thought, "Can you drown in grief?" Which is just yep, yeah, you know, another little Lady Stoneheart uh, mm-hmm. kind of connection there, and they're just so it's so important, so man. Prevalent it's so there's always like. Pretty like significant type. Um, I mean, if even even if you didn't know Lady Stoneheart was going and you were just like, I'm just gonna go back and just from this point, just like I'm gonna analyze all of the Catelyn uh chapters. It's like, wow, there's a lot of mentions of her like you know, like drowning mm-hmm. and stone,
0: having a heart of stone. And, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's
1: just a lot.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know it's one of the things I've, I've listened to other people kind of talk about. uh, like like her her role and it's just one of those secrets that i just you you know george is holding on to and just didn't want it spoiled in the show or even if he did give it to him they just they found no way uh to do it and it's just uh yeah it's it's crazy fascinating and and uh, i'm always down to go back to lady stoneheart and figure out uh what the significant and that's one we're gonna have to do in the future as well is is uh, and we've we've talked about that it's just gonna take a lot more research to kind of figure out where that character's going but um yeah, so I'm glad you, you know, kind of uh, honed in on that and and focused in on what she's feeling. Um another thing I want to point out though is that you said they're kind of traveling with almost like his kingdom and he is also traveling with his queen, which is not something you would typically do in in war. That's not something I mean he they don't they're not planning on on any major, you know, um conflict or battle or or or, or whatever. I think as much as they can. Now, the, the other thing is, you're using it's it's a rallying point, right? You're bringing Queen Marjorie out, who's beautiful, and you're you're rallying people around. You're throwing tourneys. You're bringing people. I mean, the problem that Rob is having is they've been in war and they've seen what's going on. They've seen the hardship of war, and yet we're also sitting and not doing anything. And Renly is at least um, keeping everyone animated, keeping everyone up, keeping the hype up, but yet has not faced any, any, any conflict. And so is able to kind of keep his queen, uh, nearby because, you know, it's just, it's just interesting. I, when, when you think about that, they have no, it doesn't seem like they really plan on making any major, uh, thing. They want to go camp outside of King's Landing and that's it. They want to go camp out, out outside of it. And they want, they want to let Rob do what he's going to do. And thank you very much. And now the kingdom is mine. I mean, that's, that's what they want to do. So,
1: uh um, okay okay so let me i was just uh kind of pulling up where to kind of go next so um again they talk about a lot about like the food all of the food there's there's apple crisp and uh, blackberry tarts and honey biscuits and lemon cakes and um all of this stuff but um and so then you know they then they kind of start uh talking a little bit um you know it's it's king fool of a fool Renly said and the hall rang with with laughter you know like um uh they are so young it was true the Knight of flowers could not have reached uh his second name day when robert slew prince Rhaegar on the trident um they're all kind of sitting around having this kind of feast like she's talking about how um you know he he feeds marjorie right with his with his knife right mm-hmm. like his his dagger yeah. so again everything is still very like ornate they're just kind of joking around like talking um and then um you know, we kind of move on from there, right? You know, winter comes for all of us, Catelyn thought. For me, it came when Ned died, and it will come for you too, child, sooner than you like.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's kind of reflecting on on brienne and, and her demeanor, um, looking at those who are sitting up at the high table and looking at their youth, looking at how jovial they are, also looking at, um, You know, we didn't even really mention it, but she does really earlier even goes into great detail on like Brienne's appearance and and almost like, you know, subtle kind of mockery. But yet she's earned this position here uh, and and feels sorry for her. Um, There's a great line in here somewhere um, where where they kind of talk about her beauty and how cruel it is and and things like that. that that George mentioned. So, but yeah. So as we look at we look at this whole cast and we get to know some of these minor houses and these lords and we get to uh, see them interacting. We eventually come to the the point where she's going to be asked by by Rimley um, to go to go talk to go get some air, right? And uh, take a walk and kind of talk. Uh, and Brienne uh, wants to go with him, right? She she doesn't want him to be anywhere uh, where he's not protected or guarded or whatever. And and there's there's the irony, right? Is that he says uh, while he's here. Um, in Lord, Co- uh, uh, Lord Coswell's uh, castle, uh, you know that that he she should be very safe there inside of those walls, right. and he should be safe within his own host. Uh, maybe not, you know, maybe maybe there's that's uh kind of ironic and some foreshadowing. Um, yeah, not even your sword, uh, Brienne, right? What would, would would help him uh, if if someone really truly means to do him harm inside? Uh, these these walls and he just doesn't think anything of it. But, yeah, he's going to go with going to go on a stroll and they're going to kind of talk about some of the things that. Um, uh, that that Rob uh, is facing and, you know, what like decisions that need to be made between the two and how, how do they help each other? An interesting conversation um, starts, though, around Sir and Selmy, which I thought was kind of cool. Right. We, we forget about him. And we, you see that uh, he's intrigued, wondering if Sir Barristan had gone to Riverrun. Right. Like, where has he gone to throw his support? So you start that thread right now, and we start to wonder, who would the uh, commander of the Kingsguard go support? And that's a big deal. Because again, that's a battle commander, someone who is seasoned, um, who knows strategy, who knows tactics, and Very, that's yeah. huge. If, Very revered,
1: right? men will men will absolutely
0: follow him. Right, exactly, exactly. And so it's just, again, we know later on where he does go, and he doesn't pick anyone there in Westeros. Stunned. You know, he's been you know, years in service to the Targaryens. Years. And it actually kind of feels a little, I think, um, sickened, down, whatever, that, that he, uh, you know, Robert does a great thing for him and, and brings him in. He was just doing his duty to protect his king. That's what he's sworn to do. Now there's a new king, so he protects Robert. Um, but now he's been cast out by uh, Joffrey and he gets to choose he gets to decide where I'm where I'm gonna go so anyway that's kind of just a distant little neat uh, nugget that's tucked in there
1: yeah absolutely so um okay so then basically I mean they they don't really uh they don't really get in into much kind of uh conversation uh there um and then we get you know they're just kind of talking a little about like um And then, well, then we get, we just get the news that, that Stannis is, is, is coming.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's the big thing. So there's a little bit of talking about how um, Highgarden, you know, like their garrisons and the size and and how well stocked they are and things like that. Um, And then it comes down to this whole point uh, with Stannis and him having a claim. And what is, what is Renly's claim, you know, and and why can't these two work together? Why is it that they are at odds with one another? This, and, you know, Catlin's ringing the same bell that we are, which is is like you know if you guys work together, this is easy. This is an easy win. We've got right. um you know we've got the northern force, and then we've got this great southern force. Uh, again, we haven't talked about Dorne at all. Tyrion's definitely making his alliance down there, trying to make sure that the south doesn't get any stronger, uh, and maybe can put some pressure in behind the Baratheons slash uh, Tyrells. But I mean, with Stannis there and his fleet, you can stop that. You can stop that. You you could actually. I don't know. You you could definitely be working together and move in on King's Landing quickly, and then Doran's going to not see any reason to to back uh, Tyrion's plan. But yeah, so yeah, that, that's sort of the end of that chapter is is where. And um, in, in, doesn't she? I think she in the, in the show too kind of brings up the same sort of thing. Like you know, why aren't you two working together? Why? Why? Right. What makes you think you have a claim? And then you get into the the. Uh, conversation I'd, about i'd make
1: a bet i'd make a better king
0: yeah yeah kind of their natures right um,
1: they yeah. yeah well i mean they make the argument did robert have what well, you know what was robert's claim he just he just took it right i mean robert just right right robert just robert just took it he didn't robert, you know he has some kind of they all through all of them i guess have some kind of a blood claim you know like their grandmother was married in but i mean really i mean really it's just they just took it so all right. Uh, okay. All right. Well, we do have um, kind of a, a raven here, right? So uh, one from uh, Sir James, Sir Jimmy, right? Um,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, who's who's our show sponsor today, too. So he said, uh, so is it possible Don is Lightbringer without R plus L equal, equaling J? Or R, R plus L equal J being false. Uh, I ask because I just don't see any way R plus L can equal J. Uh, you know, how it just can't be true at this point. Yeah, so I did a Patreon episode on is Dawn a Lightbringer. You know, there's a lot of just... We were talking last time. Um, we brought a little bit about about Dawn and and Lightbringer and John. Um, and, you know, we're, next week we're doing a John chapter as well. Um, and how when he's with Half Halfhand, we just talk a lot about you know the word dawn comes up and you know dawn came with him and all these things and Mm so i was was talking a little bit about the idea of is dawn lightbringer you know dawn is this special sword right that's not made from valyrian steel it's made supposedly from a falling star which is why Mm -hmm. house dane gets its you know house dane gets its uh its name right starfall and the the Mm -hmm. the the sword of the morning, right? You know, it, it literally, <laughs> what ends the long night is dawn, and so it's just kind of interesting mm-hmm. to talk mm-hmm. about all that stuff. And, um, you know, if R plus L doesn't equal J, then it's like if Ned and Ashara equals, well, then so much of that, that idea suddenly makes sense. So, um, is it possible for R plus L to equal J and Dawn still be Lightbringer? Yeah, I totally think that's true. Um. But that would just mean that John may not be Azora High, and Azora High could maybe just be this random person who I still feel like if they were to do that in the show or in the books, would be best. Um, mm-hmm. I, I still feel like you could be like a battle, John could be like a great battle commander and whatever. Um, and you know, maybe it's just, you know, we talk about the you have the idea of the great hero and Azora High and all these things, and they're kind of similar, right? the prince who was promised um maybe it's the Mm -hmm. same legend maybe it's different legends um maybe the sword of the morning is just this name given to the person who was you know maybe that's their version right maybe it's their version of like you know a great hero slayed you know pushed back the night the uh the white walkers and so there's like this sacred kind of like warrior and there's like every you know every generation there's a new sword of the morning type of thing like that's what they're ultimate secretly like training for or something so i do to- i do think it's it's it it's possible we would just then have to get out of the idea that john would wield dawn if r plus l equals j so i mean it's i it's i think it's still t- possible i mean Edard, you know Edard uh, dane could be the one who who wields huh. stuff yeah. and kills the and kill and it be Lightbringer if it is actually a sword right um and some people think it's a person some people think it's the Night's Watch there's so many theories around it so I do think it's possible but then you know you just maybe just get, get rid of the idea of John being Azor high or whatever so I mean right it's it's all possible right. I mean in the show in the show uh you know with John is the son of Rhaegar Targaryen but that doesn't mean that he's a Zora High, right, or the prince that was promised, or any of these things. It's because Arya is the one who kills the Night King. So, you know, we'll see. Uh,
0: dude, I, th- that that's the whole thing. I think I think what really what has uh, caused a lot of if you were a book reader and you had bought into all these um, you know theories and you had been looking up a Zora High and you'd been looking up. Um the the last hero, right? From like that's sort of the the, the northern legend that old Nan kind of talks about to, to Bran Stark. She tells him about the last hero. And you get how he sought aid from the children of the forest and the forging of the sword and 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 all that neat stuff. I think what George is doing is just trying to show us that over time, like we really do sort of see what happens. Like if you take what happens in season eight and you see, okay, this is what happens. Now, Flash Flash uh, you know, 3000 years later, what would th- what would folks 3000 years past the point of season eight be thinking about like like what would the story be about Daenerys, about Jon? How would it be distorted over time and how had the legend grown and turned into something else? You know, like I, I really do think that's sort of what we're what we're getting. I think that's what people don't like as much is that you have this all these prophecies, all these stories from. You know, years ago, I mean, part of Old Nan's story is the others, thousands and thousands of years ago, a winter fell that was cold and hard and endless beyond all memory of man. Um, there came a night that lasted a generation and kings shivered and died and so on. And so you go into this great story that is thousands and thousands of years old. I mean, at one point with like, like it's speculated in the uh, Song of Ice and Fire uh, text that it's like 10,000, you know, like you you get to some of these numbers, you're like, what in the, you know, like. It just when you get to that age of legends idea, it's just totally crazy. It's it's uh, like the the heroes, the great heroes. I mean, they're so. How did that story and those legends get distorted over time? Because you look at season eight, and who is Azor high Who is the prince that was promised? Uh, where is Lightbringer? Um, you you know what I'm saying? Like like all those questions that we thought were going to be yep. answered, Sir Matt. None they're not anymore. answered. None of them were. Yeah. None of them were. And I think what the I think what's being if that's true, and, and you take that, uh, um, that, that D&D took what George had told them, I think what he's teaching us is that over time and when things get lost, um, that, that uh, the, the singers then are the ones kind of passing on the histories. In this oral tradition, things get passed down through story, through song, and they're not anywhere close to what actually took place. You know, it maybe wasn't just one last hero who was facing down a host, you know, but he had many people behind him. You know, like there's so much was the sword actually forged, you know, or did the love of his life die? And then, you know, that that inspired him to go fight more. I mean, all sorts of things Uh, like like it's just it's a more poetic take on on um, the events that happened thousands and thousands of years ago. And so what we hear about are these legends. And then we actually see maybe what it looked, what it ended up being. And I, 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 I can't think of anything else other than unless he kind of comes in here and and flat out just says, that's Azora, you know, like all of a sudden that's the, I mean, we're looking at Danny as maybe, uh, instead of the prince, it's a princess, right? Uh, Eamon, uh, is saying that on his way to old town and that the, there's this riddle and there's this Sphinx and you have all these threads, That have all of us readers chasing this, thinking that there's going to be this great return of magic and this great um, build up or whatever, and it is getting more and more, and it is elevating to a point, but it never reaches that full climax that we think it's going to. And like, even though the Battle of Winterfell is epic and huge or whatever, um, you know, okay, for example, the character Arya, right? Like, like if you go thousands and thousands of years later and you were telling the story or singing a tale about Arya, Arya might not be like there could be some skew and some miss um, uh, miscommunicated information out there after a thousand, several thousand years that Arya wasn't actually, you know, um, a girl and maybe was a boy because she dresses like a boy because she you know, behaves that way. Like all those different things that could get lost over time. And that could have been that's one of those things where it's like, oh, shoot. You know, like like if you go way back, there's a lot of different. Um, you know, that we have all this swapping of identities and stuff. So I think it's fascinating. And and I don't know. You know, one of the thing one of the things that uh, Sir James mentioned is like, do we think R plus L equals J is is that absolute? It, it just it just comes down to whether or not the showrunners executed what George told them. You know, and, and I think they said they've tried to be really authentic to what he has said. And so I think the answer is yes. I th- I think that John. Um, you know, is, is Rhaegar's son, you know, and Rhaegar and Lyanna's son. And that's, that's sort of, I, I, I know there's tons of theories out there that would say otherwise, but I like, there's a lot of evidence for it in the books and it's been pretty well accepted. And then it was confirmed in the show. I don't know how much more we can, I mean, he would have to, don't you think it would have to be a really big turn? Like he would have to really do something big for it to be something other than that. Sir, Matt.
1: Yeah. Yes. I, I definitely believe R plus L equals J. Um, I mean, I thought it before we you and I thought it before the show confirmed. I think it's just it's too it's too obvious. It makes too much sense. I guess the question now becomes what's the purpose for it in the books, in the show? Um, I mean, it definitely was important in creating a wedge between Danny and John. I mean, we thought it would be, oh, Danny and John can live together right you know like that was way before any of the mad queen stuff like oh my god it's gonna work out perfectly the targaryens go back to being in power john and danny like they just work as a family like the whole deal and then that that makes a lot of sense. I mean, gosh, we were tossing around all kinds of crazy theories before season eight. I mean, yeah, gosh, yeah. gosh, man, we were tossing around everything because they hook up right at the end of season seven. Um, right. You know, they, right. they 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 hook up and we were thinking, oh, my God, Danny's pregnant. We were thinking all of these things and season eight came and, and none of that uh, came to be true. So, um, yeah, I definitely believe R plus L equals J. But even that in its own right is something that, you know, I. Um, Even if, you know, let's say, like, that happens. We still don't know from the show. uh, We just know, oh, they loved each other. But we don't know why, right? That was another thing that the show didn't answer was why. Mm. How did they get together? Was it because um, did they talk to each other at the tourney at Heron Hall? Was it afterwards? Was it uh, something that was said? I mean, what caused him to to run off with her, right? Um, I mean, we just don't we just don't know. was she the knight of the laughing tree. There's so many other things that there's there's so many questions you have to answer of 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 questions that you as a as a writer that Gurr has already created, right? Who's the knight of the laughing tree? Who's this? Who's that? He's gonna have to answer these questions. And if you go any other route, you're gonna have to answer so many more questions that I just don't think there's enough time in the book, right?
0: Well, and that's the that's actually the sort of sort of the problem is, I think and I've said this years ago, which is when you look at all of the questions we still have this late in the series. And we are actually even I mean, new questions were literally sparked and created in the last book that he wrote, you know, like like we got whole new storylines emerging, whole new characters, uh, you know, kind of kind of popping up. And I do think when, when people want to criticize George and they, they want to look at like, well, this is just, you're not going to be able to thread this needle. And, you're, and, and, well, and and to back some of that criticism up, it has taken so long. And part of that's the show. Part of it's, uh, it's just such a complex series. He has even admitted that once he starts writing a character and they grow, things, things do kind of evolve in, in his writing. Um, he said that in interviews. He's talked about it. So I guess I look at this and I think, can he answer all of those questions? Like, is, is he going to? Um, it makes it just makes you wonder, and that's why I always find this conversation between him and the showrunners so fascinating. You know, did he say, yeah, I have an answer for that, and here's the answer, and this is what I plan on doing in the books, and they said, look, we just don't have time to tell everybody who the Night of the Laughing Tree is because we didn't really bring it up that much in the show, and it's not really going to land with a, a larger audience or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe George will do that, but then the showrunners didn't, or does he not intend on doing that in the books, and that's also why the showrunners weren't able to give us as many answers, because there's a lot of things we want answers to, and he's just not going to give them. Yeah. Um and, and 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 here's something else. You you hit on something. I think when you look at those like we kept hearing that the ending of Game of Thrones was going to be bittersweet. You know, what's unexpected is the reason we were theorizing that John and Danny were going to get together and the Targaryens come back together and it's awesome is because R plus L equals J and that's that's great and everything. But the divide is that this whole time she's been wanting to be the ruler, and then he would then almost have a greater claim, and it does sort of divide. You don't expect Danny to act the way that she does. Her nature, all of a sudden, we're caught off guard. Why isn't she acting the way we expected her to? And then he drops in these little, little subtle hints that the Targaryens, from time to time, can be a little uh, mad and a little crazy, and that, and also power can make you do crazy things. Uh, so that is, I guess, I don't know. I, I think that's, that's all very interesting. That's also why when you look at the prophecies, you look at Lightbringer, you look at these things that, these breadcrumbs that were there and some of them will lead to what we expect. Some of them will lead to something we don't expect. And I believe some of them will literally end and we will lose the trail. I, I, and I hate to say that, but, but like, I, that's going to frustrate people, but I think George is a, you know, he studies history and I think he looks at some of these things and he says, no, there's things we can't explain and we don't always know. And that's left to the reader's imagination and you can go think about that and stuff. Maybe he knows it, but he's not gonna, you know, he's not gonna spell everything out for us. And that is what I think is frustrating for some people. Um, but he lays enough clues that you can get pretty darn close. And, but you can also come to several different conclusions. And again, that frustrates the reader. Um, but, but then he also will have other storylines that do end up sort of the way we wanted them to. Um, or close to it, you know. And so it's it's just that's that bittersweet that he is going for. I think he is in his books going for that same bittersweet ending to where some of us will be like, wow, and then uh, then some of it we're gonna be like shaking our head, going, I didn't either see that coming, or why didn't I? I didn't expect that character to act that way. Now that I go back in a, on a second and in a third read, I can kind of see how maybe they, um, you know, looking back were like the, their their experiences in the series would lead them to make that decision, but I just didn't see it coming, you know? So anyways, I don't know. I say all that. It's a, it's a good, um, that's all just off of, you know, a two sentence sort of, uh, Raven that, uh, that we get a little comment from, from Sir James, but it's, it's, uh, it's fascinating. I think it's why we're so fascinated looking at the TV show and trying to understand, uh, taking it and saying, man, what in the world did, did George tell them? And then, was it not a lot? Did he not have it finished? Does he just not know, Sir Matt? Does he, does he actually not, he's not there yet in his writing. You know, I think that's, that's fair to also I think, say. I, th-
1: he's not. I, think he, I think he gave them an outline. I think he gave them, I think he just gave them a rough outline. And, but he said, and you know, we've talked about this before. Here's a couple things that happen, mm-hmm. right, that you probably weren't expecting. Um, but here's, here's a rough outline.
0: And, yeah, he doesn't give them the full, and I don't even know that, like you say, if it's an outline, it's not even really a full outline. I mean, cause he's, I think he does even say in his interview, um, uh, with Anderson Cooper that there's like, there were just minor characters that one weren't even in the show. So there was no reason to give those plot points. And, and, then, and then that's even tougher. Like how do you even make sense of, of, um, you you almost have to know some of the, you have, and again, those guys read the books and they read the series. So they do know that those minor characters exist and they can kind of figure out how they influenced, um, some of the major characters, but, uh, it's fascinating, fascinating, fascinating. Yeah. And i just want to see winds of winter i want to know yeah. so yeah
1: awesome 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 all right man as i just love you know when we get ravens so and we just go we just go on a big tangent it's yeah.
0: great no it's great it's great. it's fantastic uh we have one that we'll save for next week we've got more uh coming in i'm hoping to get more from from you guys you know just about um uh, really? I guess my my challenge to the realm is this: like, what do you guys think now that season out? That season eight is out, and we don't have. I mean, was there, I mean again? I I don't go back and watch. I'm more of a book fan, and I haven't gone back and really rewatched season eight. I think I've seen it once. I don't know that I've gone back and rewatched it. Um, maybe I did. No, I went back and saw it twice. I think I, I when I had the app, I was still. Uh, looking at it and stuff. So, is there are, are there subtle nods in there that would indicate that so and so is Zora High or, or the prince or princess that was promised? And then uh, this person's a light bringer And did the Valenkar prophecy get fulfilled? Um, you know, like like go look at season eight and I, maybe look for some of that symbolism or some of those things that would indicate those things were were actually fulfilled. Because you know now, speculating and looking at all this, you go look at any Reddit. We've been trying to figure these things out for years. And then season eight went and said, you know, I don't know. What did it say? <laughs> what did it tell us? The brand's gonna be king, right? So yeah,
1: pretty much, yeah. So yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, we want to thank you guys, as always, for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing chapter 23, John Three of a Clash of Kings.
0: If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com.
1: We'll see you in a week and remember that winter is coming.